what I think we need community for is we need to be each other's cheerleaders. We need to lift each other up. We need to share our successes. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employed professionals. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Kahn. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder of Billable at the Beach, Amy Razzle. In today's episode, you'll learn how you can build a high-earning consulting business. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more resources. Speak to me or one of our community members to learn more. You can schedule a quick conversation at smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. Or go to our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome back Amy Razzle. Amy traded her corporate job for consulting 15 years ago and makes more money than most executives. She works and plays every day. Amy founded Billable at the Beach to liberate six-figure earners by helping them build six-figure consulting businesses. Amy is passionate about helping others find the freedom and flexibility to live the life of their dreams without sacrificing the career they've spent so long building. Amy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. As am I. So one of the things I know is new for you since the last time you were on is you have a new book. I have a new book. You know, you hear so much about people doing books and and I honestly had avoided it for a long time and I finally took the plunge. So it's called Land a Consulting Project Now. And the focus is really that first getting started. And I'm a really big believer when you get started that the most important thing to do first is land a project and get a check in the bank because it's so easy to get bogged down in kind of all the peripheral stuff. And I like to jump people right into focusing on generating revenue as they get started with their own business. Yeah. And I've noticed that in your book, you stress over and over again, how important it is to focus on revenue first. And I think in your book, you also talk about it, not just when you get started, but always. Always. And a lot of, not a lot of really all of what I talk about in my book and in my programs and other content that I generate are things that I learned the hard way. <laughs> Everything is mistakes that I made, sometimes more than once. And so I really learned everything the hard way. And I think there's the big thing that I think drives it is honestly fear. When you go out there and start your own business and start selling yourself and your services, it's a little bit scary. There's, I think, two scary things. One is, what if nobody wants to buy it and it is now me or you? So it's a little scary to completely put yourself out there and people don't want it. And the other thing is making enough money 
if you've been working a corporate job, you've been making a certain amount of money and jumping off and leaving that to replace that income is also scary. So what I found myself doing and what I find my people doing over and over again is thinking, oh, well, I have to build a website and I have to name my business and I have to do this and that and all these things. And what I realized I was doing and I see it over and over is really hiding from putting yourself out there and facing that rejection or worse, failure. So I really push people, look, don't hide behind all that stuff. Get out there and start working on land a project, get a check in the bank and do all of those things along the way because they can all be done along the way. Yes, they can all be done along the way. And I think it is really scary, particularly if you're coming out of a corporate career that you've been in for a long time. And I just, you know, arbitrarily say long time is like 20 plus years. Sometimes people come out of careers that are much longer than that and they start a consulting business. But you go from a place, especially if you're mid to high level, you go from a place where your calendar is always full, your inbox is overflowing, there's a built-in social structure, people always need your attention and need your advice. You don't have to seek it, it's there. And then you go out on your own and... Unless you're starting with a book of business and some consultants have built something up where they, they already have something going that, that they can then turn to and try to make bigger. But for many professionals, when they go out, they have an empty calendar, an empty inbox, no social structure. Their friends from work are now ghosting them. They're spending all this time alone. And then all of a sudden you have to get up and market and sell something you've never had to sell before, which is yourself. I mean, like you've, you've said it so aptly. Right. It's scary. And what's interesting is even the highest powered, high level salespeople, I kind of, I don't consider myself, I've gotten pretty good at it and, and figured out how to sell, but I had to work really hard. It, it wasn't a natural, I think we all know those people who are just naturally, and it, it probably starts when they're four years old are just naturally salespeople. They're charismatic, they're extroverts, they make friends easily, they talk to anybody. Um, I actually have a son who, he'll talk to anybody and love it. In the grocery line, he makes friends everywhere we go. He's just like that, I'm not. So even the most high powered, what I kind of call natural sales animals, when they jump off and have to sell themselves, they have the same struggle. It's scary for them too. It's really interesting to see. You would think, oh, it's going to be easy for them. It's still not. It's hard. Yeah, because if you're selling a service or product that your employer produces, it's not personal. When you're selling your own service or your own product, it's very personal. Exactly. Right. And so you think that somebody, if you can't, you have trouble selling it, that maybe they don't like me. That's right. It's not about that they don't that they don't need the service or need the product. Well, and it's interesting too because it's something that I've thought about as I've gone through the evolution of my business and you hear people say, you know, don't take things personally, don't take it too personally. And so when I would get someone, especially in the early days when I was really trying to build who would unsubscribe from my sort of newsletter thing that I was doing at the time, and it would be someone that I knew personally, because at first I was building my business, you know, with people that I already knew. And I thought, well, I don't take it personally. And I thought, you know what? 
it kind of, it really is personal. This is my business. This is my blood, sweat, and tears. So I decided that it is okay to take it personally. You know, this this is what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that they don't like me as a person, but it's a personal thing. And then that kind of took me to have a different view of my relationships with other people. And where is that personal business, you know, relationship? Where does that go? What should I take personally? So it's it's an interesting thing to think about. So now that you've been doing this for a while and you said you've gotten pretty good at selling what you need to sell, how do you distance yourself from what many people will take personally? I don't think I do. I don't know if that's a good answer. And I, and it's something that I still think about, but I don't think I do so much. I mean, I do look at now that I'm building Billable at the Beach and I have a much bigger email list and I'm building it online. I did finally get to the point of unsubscribes as thinking, well, okay, I'm not the right person to help them. So now that I'm talking about it, there for sure are circumstances where I am legitimately not the right person to help them. And I've been a really big believer all the way through my consulting practice, which now has been many years and existed before I also found a bill about the beach, that integrity is always first. I don't want anyone to hire me if I can't honestly make a significant value contribution. And in fact, if we start down a path where it doesn't make sense for them to keep me engaged, then several times I've recommended that it doesn't make sense for them to keep me engaged, you know? And I do a lot of work in product development. And so one of my specialties as a consultant over the years has been product development program turn turnaround, specifically in medical devices. Sometimes you get into those. It's something I'm brought in because it's running late or over budget. Sometimes you get in and they really should just shut the program down. And I always felt obligated for ethical and integrity reasons to recommend they shut it down. So it's true that now there are some people that that really would not benefit from from my services. So if they go somewhere else, that's fine with me. And it's and it's not personal. It makes sense. Yeah. So Amy, you've built a successful consulting business. And as I mentioned in you in the intro, you make more money than most executives. What do you think has set you apart from all consultants that really struggle to even make what they were making in their last job? So I talked about, I assume it's a given, but it's not always, you know, the ethics and integrity, always delivering a good product. I feel like that's, that's the foundational baseline that we shouldn't have to talk about. But since we just did, I'll, I'll mention that. The other thing is the constant commitment to networking, marketing, business development. So when I first got started, I didn't start on purpose. I was between positions. I had been doing startups, uh, which I really loved. I'm a Silicon kid. I grew up in Silicon Valley. I grew up in a world where around all the dinner tables that I grew up around at my own dinner table and at friends' dinner tables in junior high and high school, everyone was doing technology startups because that's just... 
the, the way. They were either fruit farmers, which is what Silicon Valley was orchards before it became Silicon Valley, or they were developers who built Silicon Valley, or they were technology people. So the last startup that I, that I had done had crashed and burned, and I was looking for my next position. And I wanted to be, at that point, I was at the executive level. I wanted to be careful about the fit, what I really wanted to do. So I was taking my time. Consulting project fell into my lap 20 hours a week for three months. And I thought, this is perfect. This brings in some money to pay the bills while I'm looking for the next great thing. I got four or five weeks into that and I said, cancel the job search. This is the life. I'm now a consultant. And here I stay. Well, for the first couple of years... I had enough business. I didn't have to do anything to win the business. And I thought, wow, this really is the life. Then I got two or three years in and the project started to slow down and there was a little more gap in between. And then I suddenly realized, you know what, if I'm going to make this work, I have to get serious about it. And so I was late to the party on networking, marketing, and business development. It was a huge mistake because... You need to always have your pipeline full of work coming in. So now I have a constant ongoing commitment to networking, marketing, and business development, even at the point of being 15 or 20 years in. It's still, you always have to be focusing on your pipeline. Any good salesperson will tell you that. I had one of my stepsisters, this was probably 10 years ago now. She had three kids. She had stayed home with her kids. And then she was ready to go back and start working. And so she also had an opportunity to do consulting, which was a really good lifestyle for her while she was raising three young children. So she was talking to me and I was 10 or 15 years ahead of the game. And she said, you know, I'm finding that it's really hard to keep the business coming in. And she looks at me and she says, you know, you're 15 years into this. You probably don't have to do it anymore. And I said, that's never true. If you're going to have your own, your own consulting business, Part of it is committing as long as you want to have that career and ongoing commitment to networking, marketing, and business development. It never stops. I know one or two people out of the hundreds who really don't have to do anything that the business really does always find them. But you know, you can chime in here with your experience too. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. I agree 100%. And... All of us at this point, we can do what we're good at. We're all subject matter experts in one or many or whatever we do. It's what we've been doing and building toward for our whole career. Now, we may be picking a niche or a subset area or a particular client target that we really like to do or want to explore, but we can do all that. The hard part of being a consultant is not doing the work, the billable work, it's bringing in the business. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you structure your time. Yeah. So here's another really important thing, I think, because in those early days, I thought I'd been working technology startups and I mentioned that I was an executive. So I had been working at least 50. I mean, not very many corporate people work 40 hours a week. Most people are working more than that. 50, 60, sometimes even 70. And it was fun. We had a blast. We were doing really exciting stuff. Uh, We were making money until we crashed and burned. So when I first started consulting, I thought, well, I ought to be able to bill at least 40 hours a week 
and probably 50 or 60 or maybe even more. So I made the mistake in the early days of selling all that time. And then I hit that point where I realized I needed to keep up the networking, marketing and business development. And where was I going to find the time to do that? So it took me a little time, but I eventually realized the correct model was to shoot to bill 30 hours a week. It takes somewhere around 10 or 15 hours a week to keep up on the networking, marketing, and business development and continuing the relationships that you've already built. So bringing in new people into your pool of relationships and then still maintaining. If I haven't talked to you in two or three years, I need to feed that relationship, right? I need to keep it going. I need to find ways for us to also connect. So 30 hours billable, 10 or 15 hours networking, marketing, business development, maintaining relationships, selling. I always avoid using the word selling because I think it scares people away. That's really what it is. But you and I were talking before we started today's uh, episode about relationships and how important that is. So building relationships, that's really where your sales ultimately come from. And then like it or not, it takes an average of about five hours a week for infrastructure and admin. So not every week, but if you're going to get new health insurance, it's going to take some work. If you're going to incorporate, if you're going to get a new computer or some new software, right? You podcast. I don't know if you started out on this podcasting platform or you've tried a couple, but if you were to try a new one, it would take some admin and infrastructure time to do that. Taxes, all that kind of stuff. So if you add that up, it's 30, 15 and five, that's about 50 hours a week, which is about where we want to be if you're intending to work full-time. Now, some of you may not be wanting to work full-time anymore. And I think that's fantastic. And I aspire to be in your shoes someday. I'm not there yet. Then you can kind of divide that by a half or three quarters or, you know, kind of whatever you're trying to do in terms of your work. So what happens is, and then I also did some benchmarking in other industries that live and die by the billable hour. And when I talk about billable hour, you can bill by the project or, a retainer or the outcome. But at the end of the day, at least a portion of what we do as consultants is selling our hours or selling our time. You know, that's kind of the bottom line. So I like to think of it that way. If you sell more than 30 hours a week, then what are you going to stop doing? If you book yourself up too much, you're going to stop all that bothersome networking, marketing, and business development that isn't necessarily any of our favorite part of the job. We all, generally speaking, love the billable part. That's what we've built our career on. We've gravitated towards those parts which we have passion for. There's a huge amount of satisfaction in really helping our clients. So those are the parts that we're going to ignore. And if we ignore those, nine months down the road, our pipeline is going to be what? Dry. Yeah. And... um. I was just going to make a comment. I'm out here in California where we've had a year's long drought. And if your pipeline goes dry, it's really hard to get it, to get it going again. So the goal is never to let it go all the way dry. Yeah. Amy, what percent of your time do you spend on billable at the beach? Because that's, that's different than consulting, right? Yes. Yes. So at this point I have moved a hundred percent to billable at the beach. 
So I started Billable at the Beach about 12 years ago, a little bit more because I started it just before the Great Recession, which was what, 2008. So we're approaching like 13, 14 years now. Uh, Hopefully we're not going to have another Great Recession here coming up. But I started it really the way that I started it is I was just going about my own business doing consulting. And as part of that, I would do an email outreach once a quarter to everyone I could possibly think of, just kind of a little hello, how you doing? Remember, I'm out here because I would have a lot of people who are in my network that they wouldn't need me every year or even every two or three years. But every time I did that, I would get someone who would say, oh, I forgot about you. I have this thing I think you could help me with. So it worked really, really well for me. Well, I would also have a few people who would answer back and they would say, you know, I don't have a project for you, but I've been thinking about doing consulting. You've been doing it for a while now. It seems to be going well. You're always really happy and excited about what you're doing whenever I see you. Could we talk? And I would say, well, sure. You know, we worked together for five years. We can talk. And I'm a very diligent, systematic, operational person. I'm an engineer by background. So I would think, okay, well, I'm going to have lunch with Joe. What do I want to tell him? What do I love? What do I hate? What do I wish I would have known? What would I do differently? And as I had these conversations, I started to accumulate a body of material. And then I realized that the market was really asking for someone to start a program for how to do that. For, so for the first several years, it was just an offline one-on-one program, nothing fancy. I developed a big workbook and program document of all this content. I went through and thought about What's everything that I wish I knew at the beginning? I kind of walked through step by step and kept adding as I as I did new stuff. And then probably about four or so years ago now, I discovered this whole online world. I'm a little embarrassed to say I I'd never listened to a podcast. I didn't really know they existed. I knew that online communities existed, but I thought it was more for high school reunions and that kind of stuff. Not written. I didn't realize the extent of business that was being done online. I had never heard of teaching platforms and all this kind of stuff. So I found that I heard about digital nomads, people who were living their whole life wherever in the world they wanted to. I used to always make jokes about doing consulting via satellite uplink from a sailboat in the Caribbean. And here I find all these people that are doing exactly that or, you know, wherever it may be. Although San Diego isn't bad. No, no, that's billable at the beach, you know, kind of poking fun at that. So I realized that I could take it online and kind of leverage my knowledge. And rather than just offering it locally in San Diego, that I could really reach global. Now, global is a little bit of a romantic notion because everything's in English. I do for sure have followers in United States, mostly English, you know, Canada, UK, New Zealand, but I do pick up others. And it was really fun. A few years ago, I had a woman from Kenya in one of my programs and I just thought that was cool. Right. And she was facing the same thing as, as many of us. She was an accountant. She was going downtown to work every day. She had baby number two. And then she, when she was looking that as many family families, young family's face, the second child, childcare was going to eat up, you know, in those young years, 80 or 90% of the paycheck. Was it really worth it? So it's been really fun to be able to reach. So I've transitioned now 
all the way into Billable at the Beach and this whole online world, I think one of the things pretty universally that I find with consultants, and again, you you can feel free to disagree if you discover something different, but one of the big attractions about consulting is constantly doing new and different things. So you're a subject matter expert, but you're working on different projects with different people. You may make a choice to serve slightly different industries. So it's that constant opportunity to learn. That's a big part of the attraction of consulting. The other is contributing, right? Because it's very clear how you contribute when you're a consultant, usually more so than when you're an employee, but that ability to learn. So jumping into this online world it's been really fun for me to just learn and discover. And you're on the other side of the country from me. You and I would have never crossed paths if it wasn't for the online world. Absolutely. So it's been really fun and exciting to find this, this whole new world. So let let me actually ask a question that's a little twist on that, which is what are you finding consultants need when it comes to community? Because you have some of that, I have some of that in what I do. Yes. Yes. I think that community is really important and it's, and it's hard. And I have not discovered the best way to do it online. I'm still kind of working and searching for how to really find and create that. I am parts of different online communities, but they're kind of niche focused. I'm part of a community that is called Boss Moms and it's all women with children who have their own businesses, but it's, it's just a piece of a niche and it's all, it's all women. So that doesn't give me the total breadth of community that I would really like to have. When I first started consulting after I got through those first two or three years and everyone started talking to me. And at first it was just local in San Diego offline. I actually had a group, we called it the independent consultants forum there were about 50 people on the roster and we met in the back room of a restaurant one morning a month and the restaurant let us use the back room if everybody bought breakfast, that kind of a thing. And I would put together kind of a little topic. Sometimes we would have a speaker and we would all get together and share our wins and successes and all that kind of stuff. So we had that community and it was great. And I still keep in touch with a lot of those kind of people. I haven't figured out quite how to build that same thing online. And in fact, I find myself a little more starved for in-person contact since COVID, you know, and, and so many of my other in-person things were kind of wiped out or changed during COVID. So I've been thinking about starting back up some type of a sort of informal meetup thing. So it's been hard, but what I think we need community for is we need to be each other's cheerleaders. We need to lift each other up. We need to share our successes. And honestly, we already see everyone's successes on Facebook. You know, I often remind my friends, look, don't feel bad because your marriage doesn't look like everybody else's on Facebook, because keep in mind, they're only posting all the good parts, you know, all the great things that that happen in their lives. They're not posting. So I think in a way in community, we, we almost need to share more of our challenges and our failures and Oh, you're, you know, that, guess what? That happened to me too. And I'm struggling with that too. And sharing, well, how did you do it? First of all, that, 
that reassurance that we're not alone in these struggles that we feel like we shouldn't be having anymore or we're trying to get through. And I, I'm really a light bulb person. And what I mean by that is I can like trudge, trudge, trudge. Somebody in some group discussion like that makes one comment and all of a sudden the light comes on and I can see the total path to the solution. And I feel like it's just one comment, but it's like the darkness is illuminated and now, now I can see everything that's clear. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for some of that kind of stuff when you're in a community. Yeah, absolutely. Amy, we've covered a lot of territory in this conversation. Is there anything you want to mention before we close out that I haven't asked you? I would love if you are out there to take a look at my book or discover my book. It's an easy and inexpensive. I offer all of the paperback, digital and audio versions of it. If you can try and catch me, I offer it every 90 days. So I publish through Amazon every 90 days. I can do five days free. So I would love for you to catch me on a free day if you can um, for one of the book giveaways. I have a lot of information on my website. I would be happy if you want to continue the conversation to have you come. You can find me at Billable at the Beach. I have a lot of resources. Of course, we're all trying to sell our programs, but I try to really provide a lot of value and free content because at the end of the day, I want everyone out there who is struggling to really find the the passion in their career and their life to know that there's nothing special about me and that any of you really can start your own consulting business and that you have the opportunity to make that look any way you want. So I really am passionate about people knowing that that's possible and that they don't have to, if they're feeling stuck in whatever their career path may be, that there really are other options and they're not that hard to get into. You can take control of your destiny, do what you love and get paid what you're worth. You really can. Well said. Amy, this has been a great discussion. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us again on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been the founder of Billable at the Beach, Amy Rassel. Thank you again, Amy, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Amy Rastel, we learned how you can build a high-earning consulting business. Are you building a community? Check out Circle, the all-in-one community platform for creators and brands. Bring together engaging discussions, members, live streams, chat events, and memberships, all in one place, all under your own brand. Circle is the platform we use in the Smashing the Plateau community. I love the way Circle puts your people, discussions, and content all in one place. Get a free 14-day trial of Circle at smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode. 